you know, that's the thing that we're most scared of, even more than perhaps losing our sight or losing our physical ability, is losing our mind. That's Dr. Tomas Morales. No, he's not a physician or a psychiatrist, but a renowned educator. Well, the distinguished president of California State University, San Bernardino. Coming up, our delightful conversation with Dr. Morales about the unique culture of the Palm Desert campus and the significant role that Ollie now plays, as well as the challenges and opportunities it faces. You think this former New Yorker won't tell it like it is? Yeah? <laughs> well, forget about it. Welcome to In Conversation, the Voices of Ollie. Ollie, O-L-L-I, is an acronym for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute located at and networked with the Palm Desert campus of California State, San Bernardino. CSUSB President Dr. Tomas Morales has been named as one of the 100 most influential Latino leaders in the U.S., What's more, he has received Mexico's highest honor ever presented to a civilian outside the country. Uh, Dr. Morales once served as provost at Cal Poly Pomona and as an assistant dean at the State University of New York, New Paltz. Before he was recruited to head CSUSB in 2012, Dr. Morales was president of the College of Staten Island, the City University of New York where, as you are about to hear, he was not only highly regarded, but quite beloved. Dr. Morales is in conversation with Lou Gorfain, the producer of our Voices of Ollie podcast. Let's listen in. So I was very impressed with your, with your bona fides, but the thing that knocked me out was that you've had a baseball stadium named after you. <laughs> I, I do, I do. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, it's a, you know, it's interesting. You know, when I was recruited by Matt Goldstein, the chancellor, you know, would you be interested in coming back to the California State University? Uh, I said, yeah, great. And so uh, when I was about to depart the College of Staten Island, the provost recommended to, to the Board of Trustees that they consider naming the baseball field after me. And you know, it was just wonderful. Uh, you know, when I first thought about going to the College of Staten Island, I said to Matt Goldstein, I said, you know, how is the people of Staten Island going to welcome a Puerto Rican, uh, grew up in the Bronx? Uh, I think I've been to Staten Island one time in my whole life. Um, and he said, oh, you'll be fine. They'll, they'll welcome you. And, and he was right. Uh, Evie and I really enjoyed our time on Staten Island. It's a great community, best Italian food in New York City. Uh, the stadium was built by the Yankee organization, by the way. So it's a really nice stadium. So, yeah, uh, I've, I've been blessed. And I bet you're a Yankee fan. I am. So, Mr. President, what does a president do? So generically, I mean, you're, you're, you're a CEO, you're you know chief executive officer. I mean, I manage an institution of 20,000 students, 2,000 employees, but both presidencies, the College of Staten Island and now at Cal State San Bernardino, the, both institutions had such an impact in the community and, and a relationship. You know, we're the only CSU that has brick and mortar 
at both uh, in both counties, in Riverside and in San Bernardino counties. As you know, a region of 27,000 square miles, 4.6 million people. Those two counties put together geographically would be the 25th largest state in the United States. It's an awesome responsibility. We work closely with uh, all 56 school districts in both counties and the 11 community colleges. Uh, on campus, I feel that um, you know we transform the lives of our students. 80% are the first in their family to pursue a baccalaureate degree. Um, 75% of our alumni live in either San Bernardino Riverside County. So it's one degree of separation. So it's a, it's a fascinating job. How does, how does our campus here in, in Palm Desert differ from San Bernardino or other Cal States? In the, in yeah, this is a very special uh, learning community here. I mean, it's small, it's intimate, students know each other, students and faculty know each other in a much more powerful way than in a large place like Cal State San Bernardino. But I would argue that here you have this really more intimate community and you have a very strong community uh, of supporters in the Palm Desert campus. I, I will tell you that the Cal State San Bernardino universe, whether it's at the San Bernardino campus or in the city of Palm Desert, the DNA is service. Last year, or pre-pandemic year, we donated over 95,000 volunteer hours. Wow. And that's no different here in, in the Palm Desert. There's a lot of special I like that smile on your face when you say it, that. Yeah, too. yeah. It's You're just, so proud. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really important. When you consider the fact that in Riverside and San Bernardino County has one of the lowest baccalaureate degree attainment rates in the United States of any metropolitan area of over a million people. I didn't realize and, that. And, oh. you know, when you consider that, if you're earning a baccalaureate degree, you have a responsibility to give back to your community. How does Ollie fit into that equation? It, you know, the, we're institutions of lifelong learners, right? We are a learning organization, and uh, Ollie provides an opportunity for uh, individuals, members of the community that have uh, earned their degrees a long time ago or, or perhaps never earned a degree but is just interested in learning new things. And so Ali just provides that vehicle um, for that to happen. And uh, I, I'm just so excited. Um, Ali was at a really high point prior to the pandemic. We've lost some steam, obviously, as we all have and I like in, the, in American higher education. I like that you say we. It's, it is we. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It, it is we, yes. But I think it's going to come back. It's going to come back even stronger. Absolutely. And I think there's some things we've learned uh, in the pandemic that will make us even better in the future, mm -hmm. especially the use of technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Ali is just a very special program. I mean, I, I had an opportunity um, a couple of years ago with Robert Nava, the vice president for advancement, who knew the OSHA folks uh, very well because of his, his time at San Francisco State. So, uh, you know, he arranged for us to go up to San Francisco and meet the primary foundation that supports the Ali program. And they actually think that we have a model program. They were very impressed. And, you know, there are Ali programs across the country. 
um, that, uh, you know, at, at, in, at many institutions of higher education. Uh, they were quite impressed. Uh, Pre-pandemic, the enrollment had been climbing. Um, and I think I'm convinced that once we come back, and every problem is an opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we have uh, uh, a, a series of recommendations from the provost post-pandemic steering committee uh, where we looked at curriculum, we looked at uh, telecommuting. We have a telecommuting program that we're, we're piloting. Um, uh, and so there are certain aspects of the way we operated over the last two years that we should consider holding on to but I think students want to be back. Um, faculty and staff want to be back, by and large. And uh, we have to make a commitment to that because it, it's, it's convenient um, to go to meetings virtually. Um, but I think you lose a lot um, by not uh, coming together in person. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that... Uh, uh, next year, next fall, uh, we can come back uh, as a university. I mean, we, we were planning to do that this past September, if you recall, and uh, then we had a resurgence. So we started the uh, fall semester. Uh, uh, we delayed the in-person portion of the fall semester by several weeks, and then that just, you know, kind of set the, set the tone I'm hopeful that next fall we'll, um, we'll come together. We have a situation here on campus, and I imagine it occurs in other schools as well, where there's two communities. There is the Ali community, which is old, white, and the dreams are behind them. And then there's the student community, which is young, not so well off, and all their dreams are in front of them. And these two communities sort of pass each other in the hallways like ships in the night. Never the twain shall meet. I mean, I think we have to just continue to think creatively. I think we have to involve faculty to build um, uh, service learning opportunities that would bring the Ali students uh, with the undergraduate students together to work on projects, perhaps. Last fall, we put together a little forum between uh, younger students and older Ollie members. And before they got together, I think they had, both groups had some apprehension because they had stereotypes. I would say within three minutes, all of those stereotypes had flown away and they were friends. But the, 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 the challenge is, is getting students to participate in things like that because they have work, they have jobs, they don't live on campus. So how can we incentivize those students? That's a great, that's a really great question. And we talked about this uh, when I, I visited Ali several months ago. First of all, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that um, that initial inaugural forum that was successful. I, I thought I was going to hear that the students didn't show up. <laughs> so that's a great, that's, that's great news. And so that's a starting point. And I think we have to get involved the entire campus community, our staff, our students, uh, our OLLI students, and figure out ways to work on projects together 
and and those relationships will develop. I mean, I I have come here to meet with students, and maybe I got I don't know less than ten students. I mean, I was disappointed, but I understood that students are quite busy and are working, and it's a commuter environment. Students are commuting. I think we have to continue to work at developing programs of mutual interest, mutual interest, lectures, and other activities of mutual interest that would bring the Ali students and the undergraduate students uh, together in the same room, uh, perhaps focusing on a, a common interest. Can you talk about the importance of late in life learning? Critically important, critically important. You know, I, uh, I was sharing that um, when I spoke with the, some members of the Ali community uh, several weeks ago that I read uh, uh, most recently uh, Dr. Kumpta's Keep Sharp, and he really explore, explored cognitive health and um, you know, that's the thing that we're most scared of, you know, even more than perhaps losing our sight or um, losing our physical ability is losing our mind. You're absolutely and, right. And that, right, we all fear that. And, you know, how many times, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself, where, you know, I'll walk into a room and say, mm, why did I come into this room? Or, um, you know, where did I put my keys? Um, and, um, and so... He talks about several things. He talks about diet. He talks about um, exercise. He talks about sleep. Uh, and then most importantly, he talks about social interaction. And Ali plays a very important role in providing opportunities for older um, uh, members of our community. Because I consider the Ali students part and parcel of our community. Um, the opportunity to interact, the opportunity to learn, the opportunity to go on trips. Um, uh, it's just incredibly important. Um, and then, you know, as we mentioned earlier, if we could figure out a way to engage the undergraduate students with the uh, Ali uh, student community. You think there's a mentorship? I think a mentorship is a real possibility. Um, uh, not for every student, not for every undergraduate student, not for every Ali student, but I think that there's a really op- there's a real opportunity to explore whether mentoring uh, would work. To exercise both his body and his brain, Dr. Morales listens to podcasts while he works out each morning. He's a real fan of this modern genre, so when he heard about this Ali podcast series. President Morales promised to be our guest when he was next on the Palm Desert campus. And thank you again for keeping your word. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you're a New Yorker. We'll do it it again. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, I appreciate, you know, appreciate the conversation. It's such an important conversation. What do you miss most in New York? (laughs) Well, you know, I. Bagels. (laughs) Well, that's interesting that you say that because I was just in New York weeks ago. You know, I have a home in, in New York. I have a a home in New Pulse, New York, in the oh. Mid-Hudson Valley. We, we, Evie and I own seven acres, it's, and that's where I started my career uh, at, New, at the State University at New Pulse. We brought back two dozen bagels <laughs> from our... I know I'm not exaggerating. Brought back baker's dozen, 13, 
times two. And what we do is we cut them and then freeze them. Um, yeah, uh, bagels uh, is, is a pizza. <laughs> you know, it's hard to find really good pizza. That's right. Uh, <laughs> President Tomas Morales, one of the vibrant and very real voices of Ali. This has been In Conversation, the Voices of Ali. Our thanks to Cal State San Bernardino in Palm Desert, along with communications study professor Lacey Kendall and her media students. This podcast was produced for Ollie by Lou Gorfing. And I am Dr. Arlette Poland. 